Welcome back to the CMB Sports Show. I'm your host, Braylon Brakefield. With me, as always, my good friend Cole. Cole, what's going on? Man, it's been a while, but it's good to be back. Um, back in the studio. I don't remember if I did the last one in the studio or not. I don't think I did. Uh, I think you did one from home. Yeah. Either way, good to be back in the booth. Um, chatting up with my boy. And uh, man, we got a lot to go over. Yeah, we've missed a good bit. We can, we'll start it with uh, the somber, sad news. The passing of Mike Leach this morning was pretty unexpected. You know, if you, did, if you weren't watching the news past two days, uh, he had a heart attack on Sunday. Kind of couldn't come back from that, so they end up announcing it this morning. He had passed. Uh, if you don't know much about Mike Leach as a person, he's one of the most you know genuine, entertaining coaches that there were. Mm-hmm. He didn't really buy into the whole political button-up thing that most coaches went to. He more so just sold himself and just who he was and just kept it straightforward. And he was always real just like goofy and just funny. He he was actually a lawyer, never played college football. He went to college to be a lawyer. He and The highest football he ever played was double 2A high school football. Uh, as a coach, you know, he was different. He was kind of the first guy that adapted the air raid offense. The first guy I can remember, like, you think about his heyday coaching was like 2007, 2010 in that area when he had got Texas A&M pretty high up ranked. But you think about those times, like the teams that were dominating were basically running the ball. Like that was Mark Ingram and all them, those Alabama teams that yeah. – they never like you had Julio Jones and even Alabama wasn't spreading it out trying to pass it to him. The only team doing it was Michael Leach. Yep, it was like that one back system was dominating dominating the time. His first head coaching job was at Texas Tech in two thousand. At Tech, well, his time in Texas Tech, he coached guys like Michael Crabtree, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Graham Harrell, Cliff Kingsbury. In two thousand eight, they were ranked number two in the country at one point where he had Graham Harrell having a Heisman-like season, 5,111 yards, 45 tutties, nine picks. Went to Washington State in 2012, coached there for eight years. They reached number seven and number eight in AP poll in back-to-back seasons. He he coached Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, there's a famous clip of after, I think it was the bowl game or something, a big win, yeah. Minshew comes up. Minshew has the big mustache. He puts the fake mustache on Leach's, and Leach just he just left it there, just rocked it for his on-the-field interview. A lot of people – I've heard Gardner Minshew talk about this. A lot of people don't know that he had actually quit football. He was at Eastern Carolina. He had quit, given up. He was going to be a, a graduate assistant for Saban at Alabama. And Mike Leach actually convinced him to transfer to Washington State Minshew went from, I'm done with football, this isn't for me, to completing 70% of his passes, 4,779 yards, 38 tutties, 9 picks, and now he's, you know, I think he's still with a backup in the pros. Yep. He, You know, that's, he went from, he was just going to be an assistant somewhere to, he's getting paid to be a quarterback in the NFL. Leach in the, spent three years at Mississippi State, um, 
you know, he continued to do the same thing, just changing the way that we looked at offenses. You know, it's really like a testament of just how good he was to where you see guys like the the quarterback he's had this year who's not really very talented, but he's putting up crazy numbers and people are kind of disregarding it because they're like, well, you know, he's in Mike Leach's system. Yeah, Like that's a sign of a really good offensive coach. And that's kind of the thing he did was he just elevated these mediocre guys you know, and gave him a shot at the pros. He coached – the coaches that were under him, played under him or coached under him, Dave Aranda at Baylor, Neil Brown at West Virginia. All these are head coaches too. Neil Brown at West Virginia, Sonny Cumbie at uh, La Tech, Sonny Docks at TCU. We've seen what he did this year. Josh Heupel, same thing at Tennessee. Dana Holgerson at Houston. Cliff Kingsbury at the Arizona Cardinals. Lincoln Riley at USC and Ken Wilson at Nevada. So you see in all these guys like Kingsbury and Hopple and um, Sonny Docks and Lincoln Riley, like they've uh, just adapted what Leach preached and they've just kind of, you know, did their own thing with it. Some Mike Leach was the best on the mic. He never shot away. He was always – he brought his A game. It didn't matter what he was talking about. <laughs> Some of the quotes I ran across today, this is like Woodstock, except everyone has their clothes on. He says this after a big win, packed house. He says, I think candy corn is awful. You know, it's a lot like fruitcake. This was a question on the field. I don't even know how that got brought up. He says, I hope, ask about Bigfoot. I hope there's a Bigfoot, but I don't think there is. Like, just a guy that just thought everything through. And the most fitting quote for the moment was when he was asked, when people write the Mike Leach obituary, how do you want to be remembered? He said, well, that's their problem. They're the one writing the obituary. Why would I care? I'm dead. <laughs> oh, so he oh, just, man. he's always just been the laid back, cool guy. He's, he'll definitely be missed. And, you know, it's definitely a crazy, sad story that just kind of randomly hit us this week. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty sad. He's definitely a guy that you always wanted to listen when uh, he was around a mic. And um, I think one of my personal favorites is in 2020, uh, he was playing – he was with Mississippi State, and they were playing at Tuscaloosa, and it was uh, Halloween. And it was uh, – I think Saban's birthday is on Halloween. And, uh, you know, Mike Leach being who he is – was keeping it light and said he was going to dress up as a pirate for Nick Saban's birthday. And I thought that was hilarious. I, you know, he's just, he does stuff like that. And the, the time that that, when he was still at Washington state, they asked him who would win in a mascot battle. And he goes on like 20 minutes, just breaking down every mascot in the pac 12. Um, I can't remember. I think he said the Sun Devils would win. Yes, because of the, Arizona State, because they were you know like a, um, you know like a, I don't know a devil you know whatever. Um, I I don't know, um, but it was just funny how he like went through like the trees of the of of uh, Stanford and like the dogs like a husky and stuff like that. It's just so funny. Um, yeah, he broke it down. He took the question very seriously and broke it down point by point who he thought would win. <laughs> Almost like it's something that like kept him up at night. Yeah. On who would what a mascot would win. 
He's, I mean, he's just a just an all round legend. Um, I don't know, man. He'll uh, he'll definitely be missed. That's for sure. He was the first guy I remember ever bringing up a college football playoff. Really? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He was pushing for it hard. He's like, ever, like, high school football, they have a playoff. The FCS has a playoff. The NFL has a playoff. The yeah. only one that don't is college football. That's a good point. He's a very uh, logical thinker, too, so, I mean, makes sense. Um, he, the pirate thing, his, if you've ever seen pictures of his office, it's covered in pirates stuff and then there's a huge like mural picture of a man in whitey tidies (laughs) laid on a couch and it has mike leach's face photoshopped on it and this thing is as big as the biggest couch in his office yeah so it it takes up majority of the wall i think that's that picture of um george costanza in his underwear and he's got mike leach's face on it so funny dude but this episode, now we got the sad part out of the way. Let's uh, have some fun with this. It's our college football awards episode. We took a week, just kind of let our brains go, think about these, try to put out the best episode we could for this. But since it's been so long, we did miss some things. Um, Aaron Judge signs, nine-year deal. You know, what's the what's-his-face tweets, arson judge, Signs with the Giants, and within yep. 12 hours, the Yankees have signed him. Just another just whiff. Completely debunked it. It's just, if it don't come for Jeff Passons, don't read it when it comes to baseball. Facts. Don't trust it. The playoff Final Four, I was dead right. I was 100% right. Couldn't have been any more right. You know? I mean, I feel like, you know, not to take anything away from me, I felt like it was a... It was a Pretty much a layup um, as far as guessing who was going to be in it. Um, you know, I think Alabama fans have the right to, uh, you know, get up there and get on their platforms and use their voices. Um, you know, it does that change anything? Obviously not. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like... The slander that Nick Saban got for going on Fox, not even not even ESPN, he goes on Fox, like nobody watches Fox, um, to state his case on why he thinks Alabama should do it, and uh, what's his name for Ohio State goes on college game day and states his case. So it's like, what are we talking about here? Just attack the goat for no reason. Um, I don't know any kind of coach who wouldn't have his teams back. I feel like if you don't go on TV, it's almost like what? I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I don't. Alabama don't deserve it. That's that's end of discussion. Would I have liked to him sneak in and the committee mess up? Yeah, that would've been awesome. I would've loved it. But whatever, like it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. You have to win big games to be in the big to be in the big playoff. Like you know what I mean? Like that's just how it is. It's how it always will be. Um, so it is what it is. That's my only thing. Uh, since I've had, you know, like a week and a half to decompress, you know, it's it's fine. It's all good. It'll be a good playoff. I think Ole Miss, I mean, I think Ohio State and Georgia might might be a decent matchup if, if Ohio State shows up with their big boy britches on and, you know, they listen they listen to this, the clippings and everybody calls them soft for a month. Who knows what will happen? They might punch Georgia in the face and you never know. But, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I don't – I think Georgia's – 
you know, probably talent-wise talent better, uh, more tougher. But you don't have to be the best in the country. You just have to be the best in the stadium. So you never know. Yeah. Well, my, my problem with the Final Four is I stuck my neck out there. I've been saying it for weeks Alabama wasn't going to get in. Even when they were ranked like five or six, or they were ranked six. And then uh, – even before, you know, you've got a list of everything that has to happen and then Alabama could get in. And I was one of the few that just kept saying TCU is still, even if they lose, you know, as long as they don't just get demolished, they're still going to get in. They're yeah. not going to move anywhere. Yeah, we talked about that like right before the game on on the pod, you know, saying that they were still in, they were still in. Like it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and probably stay at number three. And, you know, if USC goes out, then that's, you know, Ohio State might slide in there, but the problem with it is, since I did stick my neck out there, if Alabama would have got in, I was leaving it up for me to get pooped on because I had went so long saying it to where if Alabama got in, like I should have been roasted because I would have been just completely wrong. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have roasted you. I mean, because I would have known we got away with it. You know what I mean? Like any real, any real logical thinker would have been like, we all of our, all of the Alabama fans would have been sitting there like, are you serious? yeah, we just robbed them blind. <laughs> that actually worked, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, and everybody's points that they made on Twitter was valid. Like Alabama didn't have any big wins. I mean, we beat Texas at at Texas earlier in the year. Um. We beat Ole Miss, and then they continued to stink. Um, I mean, you beat Ole Miss at the perfect time because you were like the first good team on their schedule. Right. So they were so still – So they were like 8-0 if, or something when y'all played them. They finished, what, like 8-4? and four? Yeah. So if you look back, you know, you're like, well, they were – Ole Miss was ranked 10th. You know, that's yeah. a big win on the road. And then you look, you know, you look present day, and they're not even ranked. So it's like, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, nobody counted that win really. Um it is what it is. It doesn't matter. Alabama was an overall disappointment, so I don't care. Uh, the Heisman, another thing I nailed perfectly, got all four spots right. Um, Caleb Williams was obviously the pick. A lot of people were trying to make a case for Max Duggan, I guess, because they probably only watched the conference championship games where Max Duggan put the team on his back. Caleb Williams was playing hurt, and... It's a whole. It's a season-long award, and that's I think what a lot of people have forgot during that period. Which Duggan finished second, but I don't think it was really ever close. No, I, I don't think so either. I, my gripe is I know Hinton Hooker got hurt, but I still would have liked to see him be there. Um, I think he put together the season to to be there. Um, I know they lost twice, but like, I mean, what are, let's, I mean, Stetson Bennett really hasn't had, probably has the best weapons to throw to, the best team around him, and didn't put up the numbers that anybody else did. So that's my only gripe. I get that Stetson Bennett's been there, done that, whatever. You want to give him a lifetime achievement for, and give, and invite him, whatever, that's fine. And then another one is Bo Nix. Like, Bo Nix also tore it up, had a kajillion touchdowns. Um, I thought he was gonna had a shot to win it, and then he didn't get invited. You know, two weeks later, loses a couple games, whatever. That's my only gripe. But 
it doesn't matter whoever wins is the only thing that matters it doesn't really matter who gets invited yeah nobody really remembers anything other than the winner but my i would say i know a lot of people have been pushing the hendon hooker to me i think jalen hyatt got robbed worse than anybody because he was like the different you know when Devontae won it mac jones had a great year you know but Devontae what was up so much of a percentage of Max numbers that yeah. it's like without Devontae, you know, what would he be? I would bet Jalen's had like more of Hendon's production than Devontae did for Mac Jones. Yeah, probably. Like at one point he had like seventeen of his touchdowns or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's ridiculous. And Hendon Hooker had like twenty four at the time. So it's like what's where's the you know, the difference between Devontae Smith and Mac Jones and right. Jalen Hyde and Hendon Hooker. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a good point. I like that. I, I would I would fight with you on that one um, for sure. I mean, he has, you know, one of the best games of all time against Alabama, which is saying something. Like, Alabama's not usual Alabama, but, I mean, it's still Alabama and they got them dudes out there. Like, you know, Battle and Helms have played for the past four years, like, you're still torturing them. Like, that that doesn't take anything away from that accomplishment. Um, as far as defense goes, since we're talking about Alabama, this would have been – we talked about it before the year about Will Anderson, like, with it being the 20-year anniversary of Charles Woodson winning. You know, it would have been a perfect write-up, you know, uh, for Will Anderson to go off and win it. And there wouldn't have been a better year for it because everybody – I mean, even Caleb Williams, yeah, he had a great year. But if Will Anderson has a dominant year and has, you know, what, however many, like, sacks he had last year and all that, you know, all those dominating stats he had last year, he probably wins this year. But he just had – for him, I mean, for your average DN outside linebacker, he had a great year. But for Will Anderson's expectations, it was a little bit – a little bit below what what you want it to be, but um, it would have been perfect. I thought about that while I'm watching the the Heisman, you know, award show or whatever. I'm like, man, like this was his year to double up and be great, you know, and win it. So, kind of a disappointment there. Yeah, I think Will Anderson really got robbed last year. And to, because to me, I think he was better than Bryce last year. Like he was, he was the best player in the country last year. Yeah. And you know where Bryce had a couple games where, like Auburn, it took Bryce until the last drive of the game to do anything. Well, Will Anderson didn't have any off games. Like he was there day in day out. You were worried about him. And this year, you know, he finishes. He won Defensive Player of the Year. I think that was a lot to do with his name going into it. You know, he was probably the favorite. And then it's just one of those awards where, okay, you know, you give him defensive player of the year. Nobody's going to argue it. He's probably going to be the first defensive player taken when you – if you break it down, like, he led the SEC in sacks, I think, and, like, with ten, and, like, five and a half of them came against the three worst teams on his schedule. So it's like, you know, you have two and a half sacks against – I think it was Vandy, and then he had one or two against Auburn and then one or two against – uh UL Monroe so it's and he had one turnover forced all year and that was against UL Monroe which was a pick six and so to me it's like I guess I just expected more yeah so it kind of feels like a letdown it's still a great year like you said anybody else would feel great about that year like 10 sacks 
But I just feel like it was his to lose, and he did just enough to win it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The uh, last thing we've missed, uh, one of our guests, real good friend Connor, has a baby boy, JT. So congrats to him and Shelby on that. And equally as important, he also started a podcast, (laughs) the Two Beers In podcast. So him and Nick are trying to figure out how to do this just like us. So y'all go follow them if you haven't. I shared it on Facebook. I'll probably share majority of the stuff that they do, but they've got a pretty cool thing going on, a lot like Blake and them have with the Unclever podcast where they just kind of just talk whatever what they're feeling. So if you like that kind of stuff, you definitely need to go check them out. And now, time for the awards. We'll start with Game of the Year. So what was your Game of the Year, Cole? Um, So this one hurts me, but it's... You know, sometimes you have to take the the Bama the Bama glasses off. Um, I still think that we there were so many plays where we could have won this game. So I mean, I'm not extra you know butthurt about it or anything like that. But it's Alabama versus Tennessee. Um, I don't even remember what the final score was. I think we lost by three. Um, so I guess it was fifty fifty three forty nine. Or fifty two forty nine something like that. Yes. Um, a bunch of lead changes. The ball was flying across the field. I mean, it's everything you wanted in a game. Game winning field goal. I mean, it's it's everything you want. It's everything you want in a football game. Um, it just didn't go our way. It was the first time Tennessee's beat Alabama in like fifteen years. So you know it was due. Um, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, but I mean, it was everything you wanted in a in a football game. If you're just a if you're just a sports fan, you're a fan of competition. That's it's you know some of the best athletes on the field doing doing what they do, and I think that it was the game that showcased showcased it the most. Yeah, it really looked like Bryce Young versus Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt in just you know whoever gets the ball last is probably going to win. Yeah, or Alabama misses a late field goal and leaves like 30 seconds on the clock Hennon Hooker drives down the field they kick a field goal to win and at the time I think everyone kind of thought like that was two of the three best teams in the country yeah like outside of Georgia I think a lot of people thought that was two and three and at that time they're you know you were probably right but my game of the year best game I've seen in a long time you and North Carolina, 63, at App State, 61. Mm-hmm. 21-7, App State's got the lead in the second quarter. UNC scores on six possessions unanswered, four touchdowns, two field goals to make it 41-21 to start the fourth. And then there were 62 points scored in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah. 40 Bananas. points by App State. Doesn't even it was sense. the most insane game I've ever seen. Uh, three touchdowns in the final 31 seconds. Like, App State scored, North Carolina scored, App State scored. All within 31 seconds left being in the game. Game ends on a missed two-point conversion by App State with nine seconds left. CUNC wins 63-61. to 61. But I just – I didn't know how that game was going to end. Yeah, that one was a great one. That one was uh, earlier in the year – our first game of the year, I think, or second. I think game. it was the second. Yeah, it was week one or week two. Um, I think it was week two because the 
East East Carolina NC State one was week one, I think. Or week zero, maybe. Or yeah, something like that. I don't know. Bunch of Saturdays, but anyway, either way, I mean, I remember because I didn't watch that game, but I remember looking at the score. I watched the first half or something like that, and I looked at the score when it was over in this this box score, and there was sixty points scored in the second or in the fourth quarter. I was like, dude, how's that even? How's that work? How's that even possible? Where's like nine touchdowns? Where's the defense at? Did they get suspended? You know, while they were switching sides on the field from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, we just throwing routes on air. Like, what's going on? That's uh, the legendary Gene Chizik's defense. I mean. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just so funny um, that he is the D coordinator there. And I mean, they had a North Carolina ended up having a decent year. They were kind of up and down, but I mean, giving up however many points to App State, you know, I don't know. 40 in the fourth. <laughs> we have 40. Like, that's bad. Oh, Six my touchdowns gosh. in the fourth quarter alone, I think, is what it was. We'll move to story of the year. Um, so for my story of the year, I had, um, you know, I'm probably getting a lot of hate because I didn't know who this guy was until the uh, Pac-12 or whatever, Big 12 championship. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't really pay that much attention to TCU, so I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not kicking myself over it. Uh, but Max Dugan is my story of the year. Um he started since a freshman, or since he was a freshman um, in 2019. Um, he had heart surgery in 2022, right before the season. Doesn't miss a single game because of it. Um, and they actually found it because of the extra screenings they had to go through because of COVID. Um, so he, he got that taken care of. Um, never missed a game. Um, he got hurt in 20, at the end of 2021. And they got a new coach midseason. They start the other guy, Chandler Morris. He kind of wins the job at the end of the season. He's uh, what's his name says it's going to be a open competition in the off season. Max Dugan, uh, you know, ultimately loses his spot as the starter. Chandler Morris gets hurt in game one this year. Dugan takes it, doesn't look back. Obviously, we know that he was second in Heisman voting. Um. He put up 3,321 passing yards, 36 total touchdowns, and four interceptions. I mean, dude was a boss. That heart surgery, they put a little dog in him, I guess. I don't know, man. Like, the way he played, just the way – I mean, I I, I, I mean, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to lie. I, I maybe watched TCU just like in a glimpse, you know, like sitting at B-dubs. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't paying much attention to him. But the way he played in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 championship game won me over. I mean, dude put the team in his backpack and said, let's ride. And, you know, ultimately lost. But, I mean, it wasn't because of him. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. He kind of just came out of nowhere. And he was, even within the last couple of weeks, he was like 40 to 1 to win the Heisman, like before the conference championship game. And he's finished second. And, uh, you know, just kind of won everybody's hearts there at the end of the conference championship game. You can literally tell he played with everything he had yep. to end the season. Uh, my story of the year is going to be Tennessee. I think for over half the season, they were the story of the season. Like, they beat Alabama, like you said, first time in, what, 15 years? Mm-hmm. 
they're on top of the world, and then they just get destroyed by Georgia. And But just the, like, Tennessee just felt relevant again this year. And oh, you yeah. can see their fans are loud and proud, and it's good when they're good because it's just another team that, you know, has a hardcore, diehard fan base. Oh, yeah. And you just heard so much of them this year. I feel like majority of the season was – we were talking about Hidden Hooker and Josh Hoppel and how good he is and all of them. So I thought they kind of took the country by storm this year. Yeah, for sure. I knew they were legit when Josh Hoppel was on uh, the Jim Rome show. You know, I mean, you got anybody who's anybody's on the Jim Rome show, and he was on there. So he talked about, you know, how they, he, Jim Rome kind of was talking about how they flipped the pro- program around so quickly and all this stuff. And I mean, it was cool kind of how he talked about it. You know, he was kind of just straight up like, yeah, man, I, I'll be honest with you. I think we're way ahead of schedule. Like he like, you know, it was a surprise to everybody that how good they were going to be. But he was like, you know, I knew we had, he said, I knew when we got here, we had the right dudes in place to make it work, you know, quickly. So, um, I mean, if you got the right dudes in there from day one, I mean, there's, the sky's the limit and if people buy in you get a good transfer now they have one of the best uh quarterback uh you know recruiting whatever prospects yeah there we go quarterback prospects uh in you know in-house like he's ready to play in the bowl game so somehow through some loophole in the rules he can play in the bowl game i don't know if he will he will dress out though i can't even remember his name he's got some crazy name but nico lamalekum yeah yeah. Is it, he's dressed now for the bowl game? Yeah, because of an NIL deal and some kind of early enrollment thing, he is allowed. He could play. I don't think he will, um, but he can dress out for the bowl game. That would be wild. Um, and it wouldn't like use up his eligibility for a year or nothing. Like It would count as next year or something. I don't, I don't really know the logistics of it. You know, I'm not a mathematician on that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, no. It. I mean, they're back. I think they're back. Uh, here for a little bit, um, especially with Hypel, you know, seems like an innovator kind of guy, offensively. I don't think so. I think this was the year for Tennessee. I think Hypel's a little overrated. <coughs> I think he had a experienced defense. That's you know, true. he brings in a good, smart quarterback, and that's pretty tough to recreate. The Lamaliki or whatever. I mean, he seems pretty legit though. So if he pans out. Yeah, then I, I, I think it kind of really relates with him, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think they're at least competitive in the East now. I think if Georgia slips up and you know they're there to take it at least for a couple years. Yeah, I mean, I think they're better in, in better hands than they were with Pruitt, but I still don't know just how great Hoppel is. Speaking of coaches, our next award, Coach of the Year, mine is plain and simple. It's Kirby Smart. I don't know why we do these weird things with Coach of the Year awards and we don't give it to just the best coach in football. Like, we try to make this award where, uh, you know, it's like who did the most with less, which is a, you know, unique way to look at it. But at the end of the day, Kirby Smart is who, he's who recruited these guys. I'm not going to punish him for being a great recruiter on top of being a great coach. If you listen to his pregame speech before the SEC Championship game, It'll make you ready to run through a brick wall, regardless of who you root for. And anytime a guy, you know, a coach just dominates, you know, pretty much every game, like, 
Tennessee, we, like we said, they were at the height of their powers, the best they've been since the year after Peyton Manning. They squashed them. They could have beat them by 50 if they wanted to. Yeah, if the rain didn't come, it really, they really would have. Yeah, they were going to run it up. And I think I think he's about to win his back, you know, second national title in a row, going two years, losing one game. That's extremely impressive. That's extremely tough to do. So mine's going to Kirby Smart. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you there, Kirby Smart. I'm and I don't know if I should hate him or love him because I mean he really is like you know, when we talk about like the Bama factor, like that's what he's instilling in Georgia and like that, you know, we did our work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like it's you know, it's second nature to us on Saturday. I mean that's what Alabama has been. That's always how I've thought about you know, going about what I do, like, especially athletically, like I always wanted to practice and prepare really hard. So when I get to game day, like I'm, I don't even have to think, I just go and, you know, be myself. I don't have to think about anything. That's always how I've been. So like when I hear him say that, I'm like, dude, this, that's sick. But then again, it's also Georgia and I hate Georgia. So it's, it's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, I got this conflict in myself and like watching the, um, Watching the SEC championship game and getting ready for everything and watching all the championship games, I'm like, dude, I just want the. My first thought was, I just want Georgia to beat everybody. Alabama's not going to get in. I just want Georgia to beat everybody. Then I see Stetson Bennett play, and I just want to punch somebody. Like, I just want to punch the closest male next to me. Like, I want to go find somebody on the sidewalk and just say, you know, that's for Stetson Bennett. Like, just lay there and. Like that's what I I can't stand him. So when he gets gone, maybe I can love Kirby Smart again for a little bit or something. I don't know. Who knows? But um, Kirby Smart's the best coach in the country right now. Yeah. Speaking of Stetson Bennett, our next award is for the Player of the Year. Who is yours? Uh, so mine goes to he might not statistically have the best year. Okay, when you're looking at statistics of people who received the football, he didn't have the best year. But who was the best player in the country? To me, it's Brock Bowers. There's nobody that's better at what they do than Brock Bowers. He's the best blocker I've seen since Gronkowski, and he's the best pass catcher at six seven since I've seen that I've seen since Gronkowski. And he's probably faster than Gronkowski, lighter. He's probably not going to get hurt as much. And, like, he's just a different dude. He's a different breed. The fact that they gave all Ameri- the second-team All-American to him is embarrassing, and they made him split it with Darnell Washington is even more embarrassing. Darnell Washington doesn't even deserve to be in the same locker room as Brock Bowers. I said that, okay? I don't care what – I mean, they don't even use Brock Bowers. They don't even use him. Georgia does not even use him. He went. He went for – he had 56 catches, 882 yards, 13 touchdowns. He didn't even have 1,000 yards, and he's the best player in the in the country? Like, what are we doing here, Setson Bennett? How about you get him the ball? 800's a lot for a tight end, though. Like, I think if a wide receiver has 1,000 yards, I think that's a really good year. But he, doesn't even, but he doesn't even line up as a tight end most of the time. He does probably 40% of the time, but, like, he doesn't even have to. He could line up out wide and just beat your best guy. And Darnell Washington is a freak of nature, too. That was disrespectful. I no. understand Brock Bowers is the best player in the country, but Darnell Washington is a freak of nature. Darnell Washington just He's got a cut stud. from high school basketball, and that's the only reason he plays football. Okay, I don't, wanna, I don't want any more discussion about this. 
He's a, he's six seven. Okay, like I mean, yeah, he's gonna be good. But he's he not, jumped over a six foot defensive back. He's not Brock. Just Bowers. leaped him. He's not Brock Bowers. He's not. They'll Brock both. Bowers. They'll both be studs in the NFL. Oh, for sure, for sure. But he's not okay. Brock Bowers. He's not Brock Bowers, but he will be great in the NFL. Whoever, whoever, I want I, this is as personal. I want this as personal as I can make it, and I hope this guy adds me on Twitter because I know he's probably listening because we got a bunch of listeners. Okay, but it's gonna find him. Whoever, I don't even know your name. Whoever won first team All American tight end, you didn't deserve it. Look me in my eyes. You didn't deserve it. He knows. He has to know. My player of the year goes to Heisman Award winner Caleb Williams. Honestly, I don't think we've talked about this guy enough. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people, like we said, fell in love with Max Duggan at the end. Caleb Williams had 4,075 yards, 47 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's like 700 more yards than Duggan and like 10 more touchdowns. There, Nobody was really close. Like, you look at C.J. Stroud, he had a great QBR, like super efficient. And Caleb Williams had basically the same QBR with, like, 12 more touchdowns. And C.J. Stroud's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like, nobody – he was head and shoulders above everyone. The first game they lost, he had 381 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Does that sound like it was his fault? Nope. Second game they lost, you know, is he got hurt and he stayed in the game when really he probably should have came out. He had like a torn hamstring and something else. Couldn't really run the ball. He had 363 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Their their offense scored in order. They scored 66, 41, 45, 17, 42, 30, 42, 45, 41, 55, 48, and 38 in the regular season. That scored in 30 or more in every game but one and 40 or more in nine of the 12 games. If you scored 40 points, you should win every game. Yep. He did that nine times. That's even with a bad defense, even with a bad defense, you're not a no. Yeah, for sure. But I, I just don't think he's got the respect that he should get like this. He is a generational talent. Like he does the different – he gives like – he doesn't have the arm strength. Mahomes has but the quirky you know arm angles to where it's just like a feel thing for him he's you know he doesn't have to do things the traditional way he's just he just gets the ball to the guys that he needs to yeah I think he's a good mix between Kyler Murray and and Patty Mahomes is how I would he's like in between in in their size probably in between in their arm strength um which Kyler has a pretty strong arm but he's also like super small so it kind of bounces out but um, no, I agree. We watched, we, me and Lindsay sat there and watched the Pac-12 championship Friday night. And she goes, who is that? I was like, yeah, that's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just, that spells it out. Like, Lin, Lindsay isn't just some casual football watcher either. Like she knows it pretty well. And she goes, that dude's good. I was like, yeah, I know he's going to win the Heisman. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think he's really good. I think he's he's I think he's definitely disrespected, which the Heisman voters didn't think so. Um, they said he was properly respected. So, uh, which I mean, nobody else should have got a first place vote. No, not it. not out of no, not if you're looking at it how they look at it. I don't see how anybody else really gets any votes. Um, 
you know, I think there is one other guy that should have maybe got some votes that didn't probably get any votes um, just because he has very close stats to um, our guy, Caleb Williams. But, you know, we can uh, talk about that here in a minute. So we will go to our next award, a simple standard award with a CMB twist. It is the Bailey Zapp Most Underrated Player of the Year. And I'll start first this time. Mine is Dwayne McBride, running back from UAB, a guy you've probably never heard of unless you keep up with UAB football. He led college football this year in rushing with 1,713 yards. That's averaging 7.4 yards a carry. That's pretty good. Hey, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, he ran for 120 yards or more in every game but one, which was when they lost to LSU. So, you know, they were probably pat. I didn't watch the game, but they were probably passing, I would assume. LSU probably got on him quick. He had 223 yards against Georgia Southern, 200 <laughs> at Western Kentucky, and 272 at La Tech on 16 carries. That's 17 yards a carry. For, again, the last game of the season. 272 yards at in somebody else's house. That's pretty impressive. What do you think that guy eats for breakfast? Like a bowl of nails? Rocks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nails and hot sauce, probably. Dog. Just a bunch of dog food. <laughs> Feed him the rock. Oh it's my insane. goodness, that's ridiculous. Averaging seven yards a carry the entire game, seven and a half yards a carry is stupid. Like, hey guys, this isn't you know, this isn't North Dakota Region Six, you know, five A football. Like this is this is Conference USA. Like there's yeah. NFL players in this league. I He's mean, one of them. This ain't no scrub league. I mean, no. That's that is crazy. That is crazy. Um. So for my uh, Bailey Zap uh, most underrated player of the year award is going to go to his uh, predecessor. Did I use that right? After the the guy that came after him. For all you Wait, non, for all you non uh, mathematicians, I think it would be postdecessor. Predecessor would be predecessors before. before. I got a post yeah. postdecessor. And pros, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're not. Look, we're not mathematicians in this English stuff. Okay, don't hate for it. Um. Anyways, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky. I mean, the dude was an animal. Um. Uh, he finished second in total touchdowns with 45. He finished second in passing yards with 4,249 yards. His only downfall, he had 10 picks. But, I mean, come on. I mean, he threw That's for, the system. I mean, it's just yeah. how it is. You know, That's sh- the system. Shooter, shoot, gunslinger, sling, or gunslinger's gunsling. You know what I mean? Like, this just, it's just how it is. Um, you know, I, I think... They're breeding animals down there that like you you don't even hear of, and then they're just like, oh, they're he just took Mac Jones' job, like that's just what they're doing right now, and um, it's honestly pretty it's pretty crazy that this was his first year starting in college football, and he threw for forty five touchdowns, or he had four he had threw he had forty five total touchdowns, and that's ridiculous. That's two less than Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman. Yeah, what are we talking insane. about here? This isn't no. This isn't no. 
this isn't no dirtbag league either. This is the Conference USA. I don't know, man. I think they should start getting some recognition over there at Western Kentucky. Those hilltoppers. Also, I'm so glad everyone forgot how hard I was beating the drum about Bailey Zapp being the new starter over Mac Jones because I don't think he started since since then. Yeah, I think he started like three games. And that's yeah. it. But hey, look, look. I was right for like two or three weeks. Look, he was I mean, he was goaded during those two or three weeks too. Yeah. They were winning. I mean They put Mac Jones in to get a, a better draft pick. I don't I don't hate the move. They got I mean there's a D two guy that Billichek wants and he needs him early. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's only drafting D two guys at this point. And Cole Strange. That's it. Cole Strange is D2, too, wasn't he? He's from Chattanooga, I think? Yeah, no, it's, it's D1. Oh, it is? Yeah. Wow. Shout out, Chattanooga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next award, the Jamarcus Russell Most Overrated Player Award. And Fire. I'll let you kick this one off for us. So this one I had trouble with. I, for some reason, I had used all my creativity on naming the award, and I couldn't think of a good guy to do it. Uh, to take the role you know I should have kind of dispersed my creativity here Um, but I just kind of went with a guy who I thought would be a lot better and a team that I thought would be a lot better and it's uh, Anthony Richardson AK-47 AK-15 whatever you want to call him Um, right now he's looking like an AK-74U a little bit smaller guy, uh, a little bit, a little bit not as good numbers. I mean, he still had okay numbers. I just thought he was going to be a Heisman kind of guy, you know. I, I really thought that that he was going to have that kind of ceiling, and it's kind of like Will Anderson. If you have that kind of ceiling and you don't perform it, you know, it just doesn't look as good. Um, I, but yeah, I, I feel like he was. I don't know if overrated is the right word, but definitely disappointing. I was definitely disappointed. Man. And I'm going actually going to lobby this to you as maybe this time next year. This guy it will be this guy's award for being the most overrated player, and it's Will Levis. Oh, that's a good one. Why? Why do people expect Will Levis to be a top five pick? Why is he supposed to be the third quarterback taken? <laughs> I don't get it. He led the SEC in one category in all the years he started, and it was interceptions. <laughs> What are we talking about here? But Braylon, he haven't you good? seen him throw a football with no pads on? It's incredible. Right. Seven on seven, he's unbelievable. Well, guess what? <laughs> you don't get to throw with no defense in the NFL. If you they have did, to wear pads he would be in a jersey. First pick. Have to. There are other guys trying to keep your guy from catching. Yep. Him just running a fly route or a post right over the middle, and you're just hitting him right on the money. That does not impress me. No. Quit posting it on TikTok. Actually, I saw Colby. I saw a TikTok of Will Levis just spinning it. Nobody out there. It's him in this indoor. Just yeah, where he's whipping that thing, spinning buddy. it. He's whipping and this, it. This guy's like, this is the best arm talent we've seen since Josh Allen. He, the a team needs to take a chance on Will Levis. And I went to go comment on it and bash him. And Colby Moon had already commented on it, and he was like, "Arm talent does not equal greatness." And I replied, Shout and I was out. like, 100%. Facts. He's he only has led facts. the SEC in interceptions. The game is tougher when there's a defense. Yeah. So I would like to 
And don't I don't want these people coming out here saying they like knew about Josh Allen. Don't 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 be a liar. Nobody knew about Josh Allen. The only guy that knew about Josh Allen was the Buffalo Bills and maybe um oh uh, what's the dude's name on he only comes out on draft day. He's got the big hair. Um Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper, that's it. That's it. He even flew under Bill Bel- Bill Belichick's radar, okay? That's like perfect Bill Belichick guy, too. Oh, he would have been a monster in New England. Are you kidding me? But he went to their rival, and you know it's. I feel like he is Worked a. Out. I feel like he is a Bill. But no, like don't nobody needs to sit here and act like, oh yeah, well we, yeah we knew about we knew about Josh Allen's arm talent when he was in middle school. No, he didn't. Shut up. No, he didn't. So, so yeah. I- I hope next year. I hope this is the Will Levis most overrated player award. We'll, we'll put that as a as a pending for sure. Uh, surprise in a good way. I'm going to call this the uh huh award. <laughs> surprise in a good way. Uh, for me, um, the uh huh award goes to Michigan. I mean, they doubled down. They said, "Oh, you thought that season was good? How about here's another one, just the same way." I mean. Dominated all year. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they were like the best covering team, but they they got the job done. They beat they go to Ohio State and just embarrass them at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. I mean, what more do you want? They their their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year and from last year doesn't even play anymore. He's in the portal. Starting running back gets hurt. They just got another dude. I mean. What more do you want? I mean, that's the the biggest surprise. I never would have thought they would they would have doubled down. Yeah, he's built that team from the inside out. Instead of you know going the USC route where he has the skill guys, but he don't have that core base. He built it from the inside out. He focused on his O line, his defensive line, and he just said, if I can master this, everything else will fall into place, regardless of who I've got yep. at quarterback or wide receiver or running back. And so actually, I miss said this. This was the uh huh award. Uh huh. Surprise in a good way. Mm. Not to be confused with the uh huh award, which gotcha. was surprise in a bad way. Gotcha. So mine will be TCU. You know, Sunny Doc's first year there, and they're in the college football playoff. You know, we've already talked about them a good bit. Max Duggan, stud. So we will move on to surprise in a bad way, which is the uh huh award. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um,. Mine was Texas A&M. I feel like this one's pretty easy. Uh, you know, they have all this NIL money getting thrown around, the number one recruiting class uh, for like the first time ever. And I think they had a top five bef- the year before that. And they don't even have a good quarterback. They're, I would say their best guy transferred in, and he's really not even all that great. I think he's fine. I think Max Johnson's fine. But like Haynes King throws like a 12-year-old. I mean – he is. He has to be the guy that um, uh, the grown up, or he's the he's the guy from the Cam Newton commercial, where he's like, I'm just loosening my arm. He's that guy. That's that's how I imagine. That's who Haynes King is. Like he throws like a baby. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I I I, I think they're terrible. I think Tech saying him is terrible. And they don't even have good dudes like in the wings. Like everybody's transferring out. Yeah, they lead right now in transfers. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that was also mine was Texas A&M. So I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you a funny thing I saw on TikTok. 
this guy is watching the NFL like it's a series on Netflix, and he keeps posting these TikToks. So he said, he just posted a TikTok of Cam Newton, and he said, season 50, episode 12. This Cam Newton guy's pretty good. <laughs> and it just shows Cam Newton doing the hit the folks and diving in the end zone. <laughs> and it, I see him every other day. It pops up, and it just makes me laugh every time. Um, now we'll get into some personal awards. Do you want to start with the bad one or the good one? Um, you know, let's start with the bad one, and then we'll go to the good one. Okay, so our own personal worst preseason take. Mine was, this guy's already been mentioned, a.k.a. 15, Anthony Richardson for Heisman. I couldn't have been more wrong. He, you know, he looked the part. He had glimpses last year. I thought he could put it together, and he didn't. And for some reason, he's going to the NFL. I don't know what, I don't know who invited him to the NFL, but (laughs) he said he's going, so I trust him. Dude got some bad advice. I, I I mean, tra- transfer or something. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're going to get paid wherever you go. Like, transfer out if you don't like it at Florida. Don't just run to the NFL. Like, you're nope. just – you're you're making your route to not get paid anymore even faster. Way faster. He won't be <laughs> fa- he won't be paid six months from now. That's like if you're if you're a if you're a a quarterback that doesn't necessarily necessarily align with like the NFL like prototype. Like, yeah, he's kind of like Cam Newton, but he's not. Like, you're not Cam Newton. And there's only one Cam Newton. So I wouldn't, like, bank on that. Like, just stay in college. Now you can get paid a million dollars. And, you know, you really don't have as much pressure on you. Like, it's probably, like, a more fun experience. Um, You know, I know what a college campus is like. I don't know what an NFL locker room is like. Or, like, the NFL lifestyle. I feel like it's probably a grind. But, you know. I feel like college, you know, you're the alpha dog. Like, how how bad can it be? So, like, why not just, like, transfer or something? I, whatever. You know what, man? I'm sure he would tell me I don't have the answers or something. But, yeah. And, yeah. honestly, like, Florida in general, you know, like, if I had to quote the office, I have a question, how dare you? I mean, why are you going to embarrass us like that, dude? You come out and beat the, the future Pac-12 champion, and then you just lay an egg and lose to Vandy? Like, what are you doing? Because Napier's overrated. Everybody thought Auburn missed when they didn't hire him, and maybe he just ain't what we thought. But um, can you imagine if, like, Anthony Richardson gets drafted by the team that Richie Incognito plays for? Like, that would be horrible for him. He should have stayed, just did the Drew Timmy route, and, <laughs> just stay you know, forever. just – Drew Timmy's basically just banking on – retiring off of being the coolest guy in Gonzaga, wherever that is. Yeah. If you know where Gonzaga is, quit listening to this show because you're a serial killer. <laughs> if you're a nerd. You're a nerd if you know where yeah, Gonzaga yeah. is. You know where Gonzaga is? Freaking nerd. <laughs> Try going outside. Dude, I know all I know is they live in the in the in the they live in March. That's that's all I know. They they're I think, they're coming to Birmingham in December where from i don't know it's a secret i think they're coming via train or like hogwarts train or something horse and buggy the the polar express maybe i don't know okay but i know they live in march that's the only time i've ever seen them really um until now or in like maybe the the maui invitational and that's it i think i think they're top left but i don't know for sure look don't don't give your cards away man don't make me kick you off the show i mean don't 
<laughs> that was I that. know they're top left. That's all I know, really. And I think they're coming by the Oregon Trail to play in Birmingham. That would make so. sense. They, I, I do know there's somewhere where it rains a lot. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's where I'm going to leave it. You know, that's that's all I'm going to say. Um, let's see. What were we talking about? Worst take. Worst take. Mine is that Alabama's going to win it all. I don't know if I could ever be more wrong. I... It took me it took me a while to even like convince myself that we weren't. Um, like I thought that we were gonna figure it out. Like I thought that we had the dudes in the locker room to like say, Hey, we need to figure it out. Cause I feel like that's how it would normally happen if a season started like it did, you know, with the penalties and stuff like that. Like very fixable stuff, like stuff you can control. Like can control what you can control. And it just never happened. Um we played through some injuries, but like at the same time, so does everybody. Like that's just not that's not some that's just part of the job. That's not something that really should be celebrated. Um, you know, I think it's notable, but I don't think it's something that like you know, like yeah, okay, you you have the dudes where you know, like they say, you're only as good as your backup. Okay, that's great. Like we handled that, whatever. But you know, I, I was pretty disappointed with with the with the season. I was disappointed with kind of our. I think the most disappointing like group on our team was the receivers, which is why they're all transferring, um, because they've probably been abused in the locker room. I mean, I could just imagine, you know what I mean? Like they've probably been egged or something. Like I, they probably maybe got jumped. I don't know. Like they, I'm glad they're all leaving too. Very replaceable, because um, they're just not that good. Uh, I, but I still think the future's bright. I still think we're we're getting good recruits. For we have, you know, okay coaches. I mean, they're not great. I hope Bill O'Brien leaves. Pete Golding, whatever you want to leave, that'd be perfect. If you stay, I can live with it. Every once in a while, you know, just I hope we don't play like Gus Malzahn or anybody that's got a brain on offense because um, he'll get picked apart. But other than that, yeah, um, Alabama. Uh, I said they were going to win it all easy. I even took, I even took them over to to be perfect. I did with, too. With their gauntlet of a season, I was like, dude, they're better than that. I missed two of the picks of the six. One of them was Alabama. One of them was BYU. And I know I've made the joke. I've made the joke to the point to where it's not even funny anymore, to where I keep saying Cole still thinks they're going to win the title because it was like, it was week probably five or six. It was before the Tennessee game when I realized this this just isn't the normal Alabama team. Honestly, no. I think it might have been like Arkansas maybe to where that was like when I first started picking up like, hey, I need to be betting against this team because yeah. they're overhyped. Yeah, they're not going to cover. They, it's not normal Alabama. And I saw it in your eyes up until the Final Four was announced that you thought y'all were going to win. I mean, and that's why I keep making the joke. And it makes me look stupid, but at the same time, I'm like, I've, I don't even, I've got this far. I have to just keep making the joke until this like, but, until this season is completely over. I'll make the joke two more times during the offseason, and then I'll end it. Yeah, like it's February 1, and... Cole still thinks they have a shot at the national championship. Yeah, and then it may be funny. I'm hoping it comes back around. But like that's the thing. It's I I really did like I at it when I knew we weren't good enough to deserve it. I still thought in the back of my head that the committee is dumb enough to put us in. The committee is dumb enough to buy what we're selling, 
and obviously they weren't. But you know, that's what I think about the committee. I don't think they're that bright, anyways. But you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, usually they're pretty bad. I feel like because I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Tennessee's quarterback got hurt. We're still ahead of them. But like, I, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the year, you know, like it's not like we're going to play them again. So it's like whatever. It's fine. They're playing in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, which is perfect. So maybe that was, maybe there was like an inside deal there or something. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I've got a take on that. I think that's how every bowl game should be. I think there should be an Orange Bowl. I think there should be a Blue Bowl. I think there should be a Red Bowl, a Purple Bowl, and it should be the best team. I don't care what your record is. The best team of that color plays, and just let chaos figure it out i want to see who the best purple team is in the country i like the best orange team in the country i think i think we should do the same thing but like for mascots as well we had like for tiger bowl tigers sick bulldog bowls any kind of dog breed i guess any kind of cougars or cats maybe like a cat's bowl and then but like tigers are separate you know what i mean because there's so many tigers um i think that there should be a death valley bowl um, just I feel like that should be just a regular season game, um, you know. Why not? They should do make a, it like a, do a home and home every year in season. Like first Ooh, week yeah. you're at LSU, second week you're at Clemson. I like that. Back to back. I like that. Let's establish dominance. I like that. And honestly, that's not a bad. That's not bad for either. I mean, you're either you're splitting, you know, and you know whatever. Or, and it's like, hey, we're both that value. Yeah, we're both good. Or you have the chance, to, you know, for like to, to dethrone them. Yeah, to dethrone. You're the king of the castle. You got a chair, and you're a king of the castle. But um, some other bowl games, I feel like would be good. Is like, or what? Okay, so now it doesn't matter. Now, I, I just want to go on this tangent for just one second because I've been thinking about it a lot. Why have we never done like when when the when it was just nothing but bowls? Why was it never like three v four, five v six, seven v eight? Why are we doing all these tie-ins and money? Yeah, because we have all these bids. I mean, why money-wise? Why? Why does? Why is Oregon State? I think it's Oregon State's playing Flor Florida, or no? Yeah, yeah, and like Oregon State is one of the better. Pac-12 teams playing like the worst bowl eligible SEC team. Like, what are we? What? How? I feel like that happens so much, and I'm I'm SEC biased. I don't care. I don't care about my SEC bias, but I feel like SEC always gets bad matchups. Um, the fourth, I mean, all you know, the fourth ranked uh, SEC team is playing the guy, the team that won the pack, the Big Twelve championship. Huh? The your number one team, according to your championship, is playing the fourth best team from the SEC, and they're still favorites. I mean, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? Give me number Florida. four over number four. By the way, if you're interested in gambling on any of these bowl games, Oregon State minus whatever against Florida. Florida don't have a quarterback. They AK fifteens going to the pros. Their second string quarterback got arrested for child pornography. Their third string quarterback is in the transfer portal. They're going to have like a walk on playing quarterback and probably twenty five guys dressed out. And you know what this means to Oregon State? Everything. It means it's every, the Orange Bowl. Everything. 
the orange secondary bowl. It's the it's the hey, let's make a beaver dam bowl. Like we're gonna stop these gators from getting in our river kind of bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's straight like that. Straight, like it's on site, buddy. Uh, your best preseason take, mine. Uh, we've already talked about him a little bit. Brock Bowers would be a 99 in NCAA 2023. Facts. Best player in the country. I mean, he's a he's just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the dude is is different, literally. Um, sorry, I'm I'm typing. I want to get some stats uh, for my best. Um, my best take. It's loading right now. Um, but yeah, no, Brock Bowers built different. He's got a nerd quarterback. He's still built different. Imagine when like. I don't know. I don't even know where he would go in the draft. I think he has one more year. Um, or no, he's a sophomore, but I've, is he a draft-eligible sophomore? I have no idea. I haven't seen – I haven't really dove into my draft yet because Brock Bauer should be, like, first pick. Yeah, I don't know how he's not if he if he's not. I mean, he's – but the only thing is he's kind of a nerd himself. Like, he doesn't really have, like, swagger, you know, like Gronk or Travis Kelsey – or like Tony Gonzalez, but I mean Greg Kittle, George Kittle slash Greg Kittle, no swag. I mean, He's just a dude. Ninety percent of tight ends are just dudes. It's like the guys with swag are like the ones that, you know, they're different. Like Travis Kelsey's different. Like you can tell he don't yeah. date white women. <laughs> he's got some. He's got a different swag to him. He's it. got that. He's, he does have that dog in him. Yeah, he's just he's got a different feel to him. And Gronk was the same way. I know Gronk has a white girlfriend, but he still gave off that vibe like he didn't date white women either. Well, I don't know, man. Gronk, I don't know, dude. Gronk, it would be really cool to be Gronk. Really cool. <laughs> it would be unbelievable to be like prom Gronk. That would have to be up there like top ten. Like he, he was big enough and strong enough to just, whoever you were, if you were across him, he would just pick you up and move you out of the way. Dude. And if he was catching on you, he was catching it. And then he was drinking like 60 to 70 beers a day. <laughs> And just torching everybody. You could still, like, he was still jacked. I don't think he has ever worked out, and he's still jacked. He's got, like, a six-pack at, like, 280 pounds. <laughs> just just chugging Natty Lights, like, for no reason. You know what I mean? He's oh, different. my God. Different, different. <laughs> um, no, so my, my best take uh, preseason was that JMU was going to come into FBS and be really good. Um, they dominated FCS for a while now. They come into the Sun Belt and go. Uh, sorry, I'm not real good at counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and three. They led their division in the Sun Belt because, but because rules don't make sense, they don't get a chance to play in the postseason for a couple years because that makes sense. They go up. One of the strangest rules I've ever seen. I understand if you're going down, yeah, makes you be penalized. If you're going up, you should never be penalized. It's like it's like you're you're too smart for the tenth grade, so they bump you up to the eleventh grade, but you just have to like take the eleventh grade twice. Yeah, like, you still have to date the tenth grade girls. So you can't date eleventh. Yeah, grade. like you can't. You're still like in the tenth grade locker room. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or the I mean locker hallway, whatever. It's I mean I guess it's still technically a locker room. But it's not, you know. You can't go to prom. I mean, yeah, you you still can't go to prom. Um, you know, you still have that earlier like curfew that a tenth grader would have. 
Um, it's you know, stupid. So I just don't get it. You know, let's let's uh, let's let let the chain off the dogs. You know what I mean? Like let's let them loose when they come up. Like they want that smoke, let them get it. But and then like obviously these dudes wanted that smoke. So I don't know, man. Like they <laughs> they beat Coastal Carolina, who played for the. No, they, did they, they? Did they play Troy in the champion, the Sun Belt Championship? I think so. And well, Troy won. Yeah. Um, James Madison beat Coastal Carolina forty-seven to seven in the last game of the year. That's pretty bad. <laughs> and they don't get to play for a championship. What are we doing here? I don't know. I would have just stayed in FCS. Um, not really, but. Yeah, no, that I, I said that, and um, I didn't really have a lot of preseason takes because sports is broken. Um, everything went the opposite I thought it would. Uh, but yeah, that one I did get right. So, you know, roll. You just gotta take it and roll with it. So I think we each have two special awards. I'll let you start. We can go one, 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 or two, two. However you want to do it, I'll let you. Drive the boat, and I'll just follow. Um, I'll, I'll knock out my first two. Um, so we got, for the first award, um, <clears throat> the walking or working award. It goes to the player with the most passing yards per attempt, and that is Hendon Hooker with the walking or working award at 9.5 uh, yards per attempt. That's per uh, attempt, not per catch. That's that's per pass attempt. Those per are, attempt. That's that impressive. In, that includes yeah, incompletions. Yeah, that includes that. That's a zero for the people at home. Yeah, I don't and know how you. I don't know how many people know how averages work, <laughs> but when you throw a zero into an average, it's never good. I rem- I learned that in eighth grade history. You throw a couple zeros in there, not good. Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not good. Um, yeah, so that was uh, the walking or working award goes to Hinton <laughs> The next one is the um, um, I Can't Find My Bifocals award. It goes to the player <laughs> with the most interceptions on the year. And, um, you know, don't hate me for this pronunciation. I'm not a mathematician. His name is Kyle Vantrese or Vantrese. Okay, I can't use that in a sentence for you, but he is from Georgia Southern, and he had 15 interceptions. He can't find his bifocals. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they run the triple option. Okay, that's I think they do. They, I know they run the ball pretty heavily. They still manage to get 15, which 15, I feel like it should be more, but then when you break it down, it's more than one a game. Yeah, that's like, a lot. <laughs> If you're giving the other team the ball more than one time a game, you sh- you should probably be pulled. Yeah, uh, not there. I mean, there. Hey, you'll figure it out. Shoot or shoot. My first one will be the most embarrassing moment, okay. and this is a four-way tie. All right. First winner is Auburn fans trying to pretend like Hugh Freeze is a great Christian man. Yeah, that's that's bad. Get over yourself. Number two, Alabama begging to get into the playoffs after beating no one. Okay. Get over yourself. All right. Number three, 
Spencer Rattler smoking a cigar in his locker after finishing eight and four, like he's Joe Burrow. <laughs> a reminder: South Carolina lost to Florida thirty-eight to six before they beat Tennessee. They also lost to Missouri two weeks before that. Why are you smoking a cigar, Spencer Rattler, for barely being, I mean, bowl eligible? Yeah. Great job. Um, Tennessee fans will be the for- fourth one and last one. Tennessee fans thinking they were the best team in the country, then getting throat punched by Georgia and South Carolina. And then my last award is the pretty, 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 please let us into the playoffs award. That goes to Alabama. <laughs> Nick Saban and the three cats and the three cats that made the just embarrassing TikTok. Like, oh, yeah, dude, I got beef with those guys. Beef. That's bad. I got beef. That the only dude that can go out there and make a video about the, I mean, you shouldn't do it anyways. Because, I mean, you just shouldn't. It doesn't but change you, anything. There is one. I'm hearing music. Why am I hearing music? <laughs> I don't hear any music. I heard music there for a minute. It was really loud. Anyways, <laughs> there's only one guy that could make a video if he wanted to, and it's Bryce Young. He wouldn't because he's a champion. Like, he's just a winner at life. Okay. He was probably so pissed they put him in that video. That oh. He probably made sure they transferred. Dude. There are probably two of the guys hit her. And, and it was it was battle. It, you, it's so funny who it was too because it was battle safety. Demarco Helm safety. It was uh, um, Arnold, the guy who got like smoked in the Tennessee game. Smoked one v one. Smoked. <sighs> That's how embarrassing that video is. It goes so much deeper than just begging. You know, let us in. It was the dudes who cost us the season. Like, it was the dudes. It wasn't Bryce Young. It wasn't the O-line. It wasn't Pete Golding, the bro-donator. It was the dudes that literally got scorched, that kept us from getting in, that were begging to be in there. Yeah, that, that does deserve an award. That does deserve an award. I'll take that. Thank you. Just but awful. That is, um, we're running a little long, so we'll wrap this up real quick that is no we're we're good i mean i think everyone would if you're listening to this you should expect this to be a long episode with uh you know our award show first annual award show i think it came out great we'll work on some of these names and uh that's all i got yeah love you guys